Today's podcast is brought to you by my number one choice in tires, Pirelli. And since I used to be a race car driver, I know a thing or two about tires. The iconic tire brand is known for its long tradition of innovation, advanced technologies, and high-quality products. Pirelli recently added the new Scorpion All-Season Plus 3 to its American range. Developed to go the distance, it comes with a 70,000-mile treadwear warranty. Choose more mileage, more comfort, more control with the new Scorpion All-Season Plus 3. Ask your local dealer for a tune-up. Trust me, I'm a driver. Back in 2008... Someone suggested I watch The Secret. I had watched it and it was spring of 2008. And then I don't know if it was the exact next race. It might've been because I I was a race car driver. Yes, yes. Um, And the next race was my race in Japan that I finally won in IndyCar. And I always connect the dots between watching The Secret and winning in Japan. Right, right. And so thank you so much. Oh, gosh, you did it. (laughs) You're the one who did it. 2006 until now, unrecognisable life for me, I have to say, compared to prior to 2006 when I was just totally asleep to everything. So it's really good to be conscious. This podcast exists because I love talking to people and I love going deep. The purpose is to plant seeds of inspiration. We enter a space of vulnerability and relatability. And what you realize is that we are so much more alike than we are different. To quote Ramdas, we're all just walking each other home. And the show is just one step. I'm Danica Patrick and I'm pretty intense. I am so excited about the guest on the show today. Her name is Rhonda Byrne. She, you may remember it, she created and produced The Secret. Like, this was revolutionary. I watched The Secret in 2008, and then I went and won in Japan. But I always connect the two. And I think she really brought in the idea that you can manifest your life, the law of attraction, Thoughts matter. Thoughts become things. Energy. She really, I feel, was for, at least for me, she was the first one to bring this into mainstream. She's also an author. She's written a bunch of books. She has a new one that just came out called The Greatest Secret. Our conversation was all about her journey, how she had these epiphanies, her stories of transformation. And, you know, she's constantly, she's really like a, I think she's maybe reached a point now where she's not so constantly seeking and she's being much more. And uh, it was just a, a fascinating conversation full of so many stories and just like your jaw will be on the ground when you hear some of them and just how magical the universe is and that it is so in your favor and it is not against you. And she gives so many good tips on how to live in that flow so that you can benefit from the infinite potentiality that the universe has to offer us versus what our limited minds have only seen or experienced. So um, I hope that you found this just as fascinating as I did and that you take so much away from it and are able to apply it in your life and truly live the life that you want to. So enjoy the episode. I tend to just do one thing. 
So you're it. You're the star today. Star of the day. <laughs> so my honor. I like, let me go back in time for a little bit of background so you can understand how long I've been aware of you. Um, <clears throat> back in 2008, someone suggested I watch The Secret. And I was like, hmm, okay. And what year did it come out? 2006. Okay, 2006. Mm-hmm. So, so it had been around for a bit, but I had watched it and it was spring of 2008. And then I don't know if it was the exact next race. It might have been because I, I was a okay. race car driver. Yes, yes. Um, and the next race was my race in Japan that I finally won in IndyCar. And I always connect the dots between watching The Secret and winning in Japan. Right, right. And so thank you so much. Oh, gosh, you did it. (laughs) You're the one who did it. So, yeah, it's been 2006 until now, unrecognizable life for me, I have to say, compared to prior to 2006 when I was just totally asleep to everything. So it's really good to be conscious. It is, but it's a journey at the same time. Oh, it's a journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, but it's a wonderful journey. Yeah, it's like you talk to anybody that's on the journey of waking up, of consciousness, of healing, of any of those things, and you know, it can there can be really rough periods where you have to face a lot of things and look at yourself Absolutely. and the things that you've denied or the things that you've not nurtured or cultivated, whether it be inner child or whether it be relationships or the way you show up and how you feel about them and how you project. But at the end of the day, it's always a rise in frequency and it's always a greater a greater existence on a daily basis. Like your baseline changes. It does. And you you just become, I wouldn't have been able to recognize this, I don't think, going back to 2006, but you, you become freer. So my first step to freedom was definitely the realization of the secret and that we can create our lives whichever way we want to create them. That was just the most massive breath of freedom um, and and was incredible. And so my life completely changed from that uh, 360, 360 in every single area. But then I always felt, well, if, if this is the case, then there must be more that I don't know. And so I just became a crazy, crazy sincere seeker. I read every book that was going. I went back through time. I was going through all of the traditions and the religions. I just could not get enough. And um, and I was doing it 24-7 and I could do it 24-7 because it was really my work. So it, so it was amazing to be able to do it. Just so blessed. Well, that's an um, example of doing something endlessly and getting, you're like so energized for it oh, and insatiable yes, yes. for it because it's yes. so your purpose. I was not the least bit tired. I had to force myself to go to sleep. I couldn't wait to wake up in the morning. And so I could keep going and doing more and more and more. And I had so many realizations over those years, one after the other, after the other, after the other, aha moments that completely changed the way that I saw the world and the way that I saw myself. 
and it just kept continuing that way and so the more realizations that I had the more that I could see the way things really are the happier I became the happier I became happier 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 and less able to be disturbed by people and events well what was the first story what is the first story that you wrote it was like being hit with a truck or or enlightened and probably not in in a negative way but what was that first thing that that aha that epiphany that happened that made you realize that got you into the path that led to the secret it was a particular evening and I had had a really really rough year that year my father had died suddenly and I was making six movies about unsolved murders. So it was a really, really rough subject. I had a production company. And so everything that could go wrong went wrong that year until I reached September the 9th. And I had two phone calls in a row. And like it was timed so beautifully. When I look back, was incredible because the first phone call absolutely brought me to my knees and that was my accountant saying you're going to you're going to be broke in 30 days you've gone two million dollars over budget on the movies and I still had one and a half to deliver um, and I had a had a director and we gone over budget and then I hung up the phone and as I hung up the phone it rang again it was my mother and who was in a really bad way so those two phone calls absolutely brought me to my knees because I didn't feel that I could solve either problem like I was so good at fixing things but these two things my mother was grief-stricken because my father had died earlier in the year. And so these two things I could not solve. And, and so I just collapsed in despair. And that moment of collapsing in despair was the moment where my life would change forever. <laughs> because my daughter, my adult daughter, saw me and just walked out and handed me this book which was from 1910, and said, read this, it'll help. And I mean, I've asked her since, why did you give me that book? And, she, and she's like, I don't know. You know, she just didn't know. She was just, and the way that she gave it to me was almost kind of um, robot-like, do you know, like just uh, handing it. What's even weirder is that with with the sky falling in after the two phone calls, is that I read the book. <laughs> right. You made time for the book. <laughs> I just sat down right there and then and I and I opened it up and I started reading and all my tears were hitting the pages, the ink was running, and 90 minutes later I'd finished reading it and oh my gosh, my life had completely changed. I knew things that were not in that book. <laughs> I just re had the biggest, biggest realisation. Of course, the book was the trigger and the book is called The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Wattles and it's available for free on our website for, if anybody wants to download it, thesecret.tv. But that book, oh, I just saw so much in that book and that set 
me off on a search from that book onward. I went back into time searching for this information that I absolutely knew was the truth that we created our life. And I just went back, right back through history, actually way back to the Emerald Tablet. And I didn't tell anybody what I'd found. I just continued to research. And it's like what you were talking about. I just, there was something rushing through me that just took me. I, I, I barely slept. And then it was almost like, like I would pick up a book and I would start to read it and I would read that book and I, then I would look at the time and think, oh, it's really late. And it was five minutes from when I last looked at it. Like it was like time stopped and it was like time became really malleable for me. And so, yeah, that's a reality. Time and space, this this dimension, you like, you like were in a different reality, a different dimension where time wasn't relevant. Time wasn't. And, and so I just, what I accomplished in three months was crazy. And in, in terms of reading and research, and then in January, this was in September and October, I mean, mind you, I drove to my mother straight away the next morning and I told her everything I discovered. So I got her all set and and a whole new world had opened up for her. And then I went back, continued with the research. And in January um, of 2005, I walked into my team and I said, we are going to make... Um, and I, it wasn't a documentary at that stage or a movie or I didn't know what it was. We are going to make something that will change the world. And they thought I was mad. <laughs> well, and I said, this isn't is there some change. saying about like it takes someone with like say someone crazy or mad to change the world? They have <laughs> right. to actually believe it's possible. Totally. Yeah. Which is Which is the secret, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that was how... It all began and, uh, and you know, we were really practicing the secret while making the secret and so we became very, very aware. You know, I was very aware of signs, of messages, of hearing things, of being guided but everything we needed was just put in front of us, absolutely everything. What it, were the it, signs? It, like, what it, were the things happening that made you go, green light, green light, green light, here we okay, go. Okay, so one, one example is we came to the United States to film teachers. We had no teachers lined up to film, absolutely none whatsoever. We, we, we could reach teachers so easily. Like, it, it was just crazy. We were, and they would all just say yes. But one of the teachers was Jack Canfield, and he was in Aspen at the time. And so we went to Aspen. He agreed, he agreed to be filmed and he asked me to do a presentation when I got there and we'd made a big trailer and there were something like 60 teachers in that room that I presented and Jack, when I presented the secret and what it was going to do and Jack said, who wants to be in this documentary? Put your hand up. <laughs> All put their hand up. And so in addition to that, we had been trying to get in touch with Bob Proctor um, through his people. And and then when we were in Aspen, finally my researcher was in touch with his personal assistant and she said, look, where are you at the moment? And and uh, it was my sister actually who was helping me and, she's, and she said, we're in Aspen. 
And and um, Bob's assistant said, oh, my God. He's in Aspen. He's in Aspen. Yeah, he's in Aspen. And so the moment she told him, he came over to us in 30 minutes because he knew it was meant to be. And they all knew. Like, they all just knew something incredible was happening and even the way we released it like I'd had in my mind that because I had a production company that was uh that made content for television and so in my mind this was going to be released on television through networks around the world in a 24-hour period that was the way that I saw it, that it would be released globally basically at the same time. And so I had all of these networks all interested and then there was this extraordinary thing. They all just dropped out like one by one by one by one. And so I knew that this was not the way it was meant to go and so I just opened myself to the possibility of it going out differently. We spoke to some film companies. They just wanted to buy it and, you know, buy it out completely and I, I wouldn't do it. And, and so then eventually what happened was um, I saw an advertisement on the internet and you've kind of got to imagine a time that was so different from now, but I saw this British Airways commercial on the internet and I was like, that's it. We released this on the internet. Now nothing, no movie had ever been released on the internet. And I called, I called to see our, my CEO and I said, we'll release it on the internet. It will be go around the world in 24 hours. And he said, oh, that might be one way that you release it, but you can't release it that way entirely. Well, do you know my CEO happened to be, happened to be amazing at technology. He worked with a company that just happened to be two streets from my office who 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 put out that British Airways commercial in Melbourne oh. in Australia oh and God. he he worked with them and created the technology for the secret to go out um on the internet so it was the first first um film that had gone out on the internet wow. and within 1 hour of it going out i knew that was it like i just sat back and it didn't matter what happened from there. It was out in the world and that was all that mattered to me. But what's special about that story is that it's really easy to see the signs when it's positive. But it's hard, I feel like, to accept the signs when they're negative. And so as you were being you know, left to dry with the networks about putting it out on television. I think that that, that to me is the most, was a striking part about it, the story is that you go, okay, well, we're not going to do it that way, but that, that, that might be the point. And I'm curious how you got to the point where you could re where you allowed the signs, both positive and negative to equal in, um, volume, because that would be the point in time where, you know, my older self, where I'm so used to forcing, I would push through and I'd be like, well, let's call somebody else and let's figure this out. Give me the phone, send me an e I'll send an email. Let's go there. And I would push through it. And that's like, so can you explain how you got to that point and how you then, mm -hmm. and how you also stay in alignment so that you don't 
force things that aren't because there's an yeah. you have to put effort into things, but there's a difference between effort and forcing to the point where you're getting enough signs that it's kind of turning into a wall. Yeah, that's true. Um, I just knew from the secret that everything was happening for me. And that also meant that if there was a block, don't push against it. If there is a block and that is something doesn't come through straight away, stop, stop. And for example, like I'll give you an example. We filmed a teacher that um, I wasn't... 100% sure about when we filmed that teacher, but there was a technical problem all through it and that was unusable footage, you know. And so I knew, I knew that that person was not meant to be in it. Then there were other teachers that we contacted who didn't respond, really well-known ones, for example, who didn't respond and, um, and I knew they were not meant to be in it. I knew... I knew that whatever we needed would be given to us and if there was a block, I would not push against it. And as you say, actually, it's very different from what I used to be because I used to be, oh, I will fix this, I will do this, I will get it done and and look for another way. But instead I would stop and I would wait to see what was going to be shown to me. And this is living the secret. This is really, really living it where you understand that this is a friendly universe and it is doing everything for you. It is conspiring for you in every single area. And with the making of the secret was the most spectacular thing I have ever seen in my entire life because everything was done for us. And, and even down to the point where um, I remember we would be editing and we, we were like 16 hours in the edit suite editing all of this masses of footage. And, and then suddenly the system would, um, rainbow ball, you know, in other words, it was, it was, it was going to crash. And, uh, and I would just say to the editor, get up, walk away because we were causing that rainbow ball, you know, we were like this, you know, we were too tense in editing, trying to push against time, not relaxed. And so the equipment was responding to our pushing, you know, and that's in the secret too, because it's, 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 if you are like, I'm going to be late, I'm going to be late, and you're rushing and rushing, then that energy will cause a car to be in front of you, slow, slow down, you know, this will happen, the, the, the train line gates will come down, everything will happen. But if you just let it go and you relax, which is what I experimented with, if I was running late for somewhere, I would do the exact opposite. So I would just let go, I would stop rushing, and then everything would just line up. And I would be there on time. <laughs> that happens to me sometimes. When, Because I, I say sometimes because my aggressive driving nature gets the best of me <laughs> most of the time. But when I'm like, you know what, just relax. Mm -hmm. Instead of speeding up to get by that car, I'll just fall in line and wait. And then all of a sudden, almost all, every time, the car will move over. Move away. Get exactly. off. It will turn. Exactly. And I'm like, why don't I do that more often? That works so easy. Like, what's our cultural problem? What's our, 
what's our cultural problem? And then what is the solution to getting into that mode? Because and trusting that. I think it's I think it's not even about trusting it as much because I think once you see it, you see it. But how do we keep ourselves in that mode? Because even though I can repeat these kinds of things to you in awareness, there's something in my brain. I don't know if I'm just too high beta state at times and whatever it is, but wh- how do we get down to that state where we are allowing and flowing and one with the universe instead of constantly pushing against it it's really is I didn't realize what I was doing when I was doing it these days I understand what I was doing and 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 I I have practiced um, very deliberately to surrender and let go and and so that is what I do constantly 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 back then I don't know how I did it, but I would just can't, I just had such faith in the universe because that was the way that I described it. And I, I had set the biggest intentions for the secret and I just knew that everything would happen for us. So we're very much in the flow. And if we were not, we stopped and we were, and we just walked away until we felt good. We came back and, and would continue working when we felt good. When I didn't feel good, I would not answer the phone. I would not open my computer. I would not do any of those things because if you're on a really bad frequency and you open up your computer, in comes a whole lot of problems. And so on the same frequency, so I just wouldn't open my computer and uh, wouldn't answer my phone until I would until I could feel a whole lot better. And so that was very deliberate way that I did it. Then these days. Is very different. I don't have such a personal attachment to I am doing this, you know, with the universe. The universe is doing this for me. I am the universe, kind of one with the universe. And so I I am just in the complete state of allowing, surrendering, letting go, because we are the ones that need to get out of the way. Because everything that will be given to us, that will happen for us, is way beyond what we could even imagine for ourselves. I could imagine it, I'd be striving for it. But when you let go of your own idea of how something could go, you're now open to the quantum field of all potentiality that goes far, far beyond what our imagination has even conceived, experienced, seen, or caught a glimpse of. Exactly, exactly, because all we can imagine is the mind, and the mind is tends to be a recycling machine. And then, as you say, in the quantum area or beyond the mind is every single possibility, unlimited possibilities. And so... Yeah, I just keep surrendering to all of that. And the less we put ourselves in the way with our fixed ideas and opinions and all of those things, you know, and we, we kind of get those out of the way, the more magnificent our life becomes absolutely magnificent. I've found that the human experience is challenging because... It takes experiences, patterns, relationships, friendships, 
family. It takes all these dynamics that push on us to see ourselves, and it's hard to see yourself. And so how did you get to that point where you could kind of release and surrender and get to that point? Did you have, did you process anything about childhood? Was there anything about your upbringing, something about family, something about your own patterning, or were you able to just not have to go there and access this potentiality with the simple awareness of the secret? Right. I saw um, in 216, I had a revelation of who we really are. And so that is what really changed everything. Um, and, and even I think in secret, I would refer, we are the infinite being, you know, I would say it in the secret. And, and I definitely believe that, felt that, um, knew that. It's just that in 216, I had the experience of it. And so I realized then that the person is absolutely the smallest, smallest, tiniest part of us. And so basically I just spent my time releasing any negativity that arises, any memories that arise because I know that any negativity that appears or that that it that somebody else triggers with negative feelings or negative thoughts, any um, uh, any memories appear because they're ready to be released from our life. That's why they're appearing. They're ready to be free. And so I know those things are inside of us, held in our subconscious mind, and when they appear, they're ready to be free. So I learned how to release them really quickly and, and it, it applies to everything that you, you, everything negative, everything that we consider negative. But I only release the things that appear, and uh, and if, if if a negative feeling comes along, like like agitation or disappointment, like I would get so excited because it would mean I could release it. And in the releasing of it, once you've released it all, you'll never feel it again. Like there isn't anybody that can aggravate you in the outside world. The only reason they can aggravate you is because you have it inside you ready to be released, right, which you know very well. So um, so I just kept releasing and releasing and what I found was the more I released, the happier I got. And so then I would see things like I had beliefs that didn't serve me and I would just release the beliefs that didn't serve me and Oh my gosh, then. That's beautiful and not overwhelming. Not at all. You know, because yeah. in my mind, I think, oh man, get through all the trauma, like heal no. all the things, like, you know, of ancestral things, like dig yeah, in, yeah. but yeah. right? Like, how do I get to that? <laughs> the way you're describing it, and, and this is, I think, one of your many gifts is to put things simply so it can be comprehended and understood, is that just when it comes up, you deal with it. So, of course, I'm curious, what was that thing that happened in 2016? I, I, um, I had another kind of uh, um, moment. <laughs> um, I had another moment. I had a, a circumstance happen with a house that I was selling and it ended up that I felt this. It fell through really quickly 
and um, after I'd made all these plans to kind of move out in a week and I felt this incredible disappointment in my body and I was just like, how could I feel something like this when I always feel so good? I just didn't understand it. And so what I what I did was I just decided I wanted to watch something spiritual. I didn't want this feeling. And so I just wanted to watch something spiritual so the feeling would go away. And I turned on my computer and Conscious TV and they were interviewing a man called David Bingham who's just an everyday person like you and me, not a teacher or anything like that. And he talked about how he saw the truth and became free. And I was like, the truth. And I followed in his footsteps and did what he did, which he listened to a podcast and by a man called John Wheeler. I listened to that podcast. And, do you know, it's really interesting because I watched the Conscious TV interview with him several times. I listened to the podcast multiple times. And then I reached out to David to speak to him. And this was over a period of uh, three or so days. And then when I spoke to David, um, he sort of did an experiment with me where he showed me the, the, my mind focusing and what's there if my mind isn't focusing, what's behind my mind and has been there the entire time for my whole life. Yeah. And it was, I was just, wow. And David said to me, you'd already seen it before we got on the phone. And I said, had I really? And he, and he said, yes, but all I know is those few things and I saw who I was from my own experience, the unlimitedness of who we are and that there are no boundaries. And, and so everything changed again, massively, the way I see the world and second huge step to freedom <laughs> right well it's just our perception uh -huh. that colors our world we it's not always nice sometimes we have things that happen to us we have mm -hmm. patterning from parents patterning from friends and in growing up an environment television um, we have all kinds of different things that give us a perception and again since it's so hard to see ourselves it's like you have to have these moments right where you go oh so what is the letting go process then? So the technique to help release things, and I keep working on it all of the time because, um, in fact, I just said to my daughter, I have to find a simpler way of saying this. Uh, I, I just want it to be simpler, and I've covered it in my book, The Greatest Secret, but I still, like, I'm always looking for simpler, simpler, simpler ways. So one of the things just to understand so people can get the feeling is one of the things that we do is we resist all the way along in our life. We resist when something happens that we don't want to happen. And I don't want that. We resist. And so we, we're kind of, um, enjoying the, like the things we like, but the things we don't like, we like pushing them away, including. Sure including people or a comment that somebody makes. We don't like that comment and it affects us. And so 
Um, and so that's all resistance. And resistance is what causes all the negative feelings and contractions inside of us. And so what releasing does is it stops us from resisting. And so it, if a negative subject arises, a negative memory, a negative feeling, it is because we have just resisted. And so to counteract that resisting and stop that resisting, we do the opposite to resisting. And so what we do is like, I could say just like relax, but I say welcome it. Welcome the feeling, welcome the the memory, welcome the thought and it's really just that we we don't try and fix it we don't try and change it we don't try and make it go away we don't try and do anything to it we just allow it to be there and in the allowing of it to be there we stop resisting and it just the energy just evaporates and very often you can feel the energy unwinding in your chest it's just an automatic cleansing system in our body the moment we stop resisting everything unwinds and so you could just do this if if nothing appeared you could just be really relaxed and just allowing of everything to be just the way it is right now and so to be very present as well of course helps to do that and then all the energy that is trapped just begins to unwind and be released and why we don't need to go through picking one trauma one memory after another is because that many of them attach like a train with carriages. And so we can get one and it just pulls a whole train of carriages oh out at the same time. That's overwhelming. And takes a, whole, takes a whole lot of memories with it. And so we don't need to go through anything one by one. or We just need to see the ones that appear, the ones that are triggered, the you know, the feelings that are, that are triggered by an outside event. I know that you talked about mirroring and, and that's what's so beautiful is that, I mean, I can use the universe as, as an example. We'll use people, circumstances and events. It will use all of those things to show us what needs to be released, you know, and, and so it's just... Everything that happens to us is the most beautiful gift steeped in love and designed for us to be happier and to be free. And so that's how I release. Now you get re you get that good at it that I don't even know how I do it now. I just kind of, you feel a relief. You just, uh, uh, you just kind of welcome and, and just sort of sort of sink and you immediately feel a sense of relief through your body and you just feel this thing dissipate and disappear and it's amazing you can have a really strong emotion and it will just evaporate that's the best feeling in the whole world do you think that there yes it sounds magical this sounds like floating through life but do you think that there, yeah. 2016 was when you were able to sort of sense and feel this, I'm going to call it from my perspective, what would be like the observer. Uh, you can access the observer of your thoughts because we aren't our thoughts, right? So we're, there's something that's able to recognize that we're having thoughts. Exactly. 
So we can't be our thoughts because we know we're having thoughts. And so do you feel like this transitioned when you felt that more observer perspective that instead of things happening to you and being in the moment, you're actually like almost looking from above, feeling from above and allowing this sort of exchange of energy to come and release and go because you're not in it and you're not grasping onto either the memory, something you wanted or identifying with pain or some sort of level of victimization or something you want, like it's more observer mode? Oh, it's definitely what it is. It is definitely what it is. You become the observer rather than the observer of the person, you know, and the observer of yourself. And so you create this kind of gap so everything's not as personal, you know, and and you just discover incredible things. You know, you allow other things to be released because and I think you said it in your 20, I watch your 20 uh, things that you realized Lesson. over Aww, 2020. I, I, I watched the lessons this morning. And, um, and, and, and yeah, one of the things for sure is that you, um, you just begin to, you begin to see everything really, really clearly. And you're not so attached and you're not so identified because when we identify with those things, then we really feel the pain of those things. And, and, and as you said, actually nothing's personal. Feel it's so personal. Everything's, but it's not, it's not all personal. And so when you're the observer, then you can have some relief from it not being personal at all. Yeah, so do you feel like this also affects the way that you see other people? Meaning instead of seeing them do something to you, you actually see their pain and their patterning perhaps as opposed to why'd you do that to me? Like you can actually see their light instead of the projection. Exactly. And and you can see that's where they are. That and 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 you don't have this. If somebody asked for your help, you would just do anything and give it. You're not overcome with this. Well, I need to fix everybody, you know, because everybody is just in the perfect place where they are. They're 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 exactly where they're meant to be. Um, somebody wrote into me and said, "How do I get back on track?" And I said, "Well, you're never off track <laughs> ever." Explain that. What does that mean for them when you're like, don't worry about it. Everything is perfect. You're right on track. What is that? What should that be telling them? Well, because immediately you let, first of all, immediately you let go of resistance. So the mind is saying, oh, you're off track, you're off track. And then you believe it. And then you, then you create it. And then you feel like you're off track. And I'm saying, but you're actually on track. You're perfectly on track. Now, if I could have had a conversation with the person, I would have said to them, are you the one that's off track or are you the one who is aware that you're off track? Are you the one that's aware or are you the one that's off track? And we're always the one that's aware, which is the observer, right? Your observer. And so, and so that kind of frees you up right, right away because it stops the mind from kind of getting you and having you identify with this concept that the mind just made up. It just made up this concept. You're off track. 
We swallowed it hook, line and sinker. We're <laughs> perpetuating it. I'm off track. I believe it. I'm off track. I'm off track. No, you're not. You're perfectly on track. And, and then to look at it in, in an even bigger perspective is that we are always exactly where we're meant to be. And Robert Adams used to say, everything is unfolding exactly as it should. And, and everyone is going to be fine in the end. None of us can be hurt or harmed in the end. None of us. We are all eternal. And it's up to everybody to discover that about themselves. And I can only encourage people and say it's the greatest journey you will ever take um, is to find out who you are and to free yourself. It's really, really wonderful. But there's, you know, there's death of the body, sure, but there's not death of the consciousness of who we are. And so we're just here having fun. I'm curious if you feel like you come into, that we come into life as people with a purpose and a mission. Be, I'm asking that because the, the secret is all about manifesting your life and asking the universe and sort of a, allowing the flow of things. So do you feel like you came in with a purpose? In some of your stories, you talk about this knowing that you have. And, you know, there's like, it's almost like, it's like this tiny bit of information that unlocks this huge, vast library of, of, of content and knowing. And so I wonder where you stand on that. Do you feel like you came in with a mission? Um, I do. Uh, and definitely... The secret was a part of that for sure. I mean, I looked back on my life and I just saw how I had just been shaped all the way along for that moment. Um, I just felt that my entire life was, was heading toward that moment, even to the point of, uh, to give you an example, um, I worked in television and I worked in news and, um, and so I was very aware of news manipulating stories the way that they wanted to manipulate them. <laughs> and so when the secret became massive, I had every show and organization wanting to interview me, newspapers and everything. And I knew because of my experience with news, that if I succumbed to all of that and did all of that, there would just be this thing of building you up and then tearing you down. And I knew not to do it. Now, I would never have known that had I not had the experience in news. And so I was very careful about what I did. I did Oprah because I knew that Oprah lived her life, you know, this that this way. And so I was very particular about what I did. The other thing was, was that I wanted to make sure that the message was the star and not um not me. And um I'm I'm happy to be there to say this is what I discovered and I had to share it with the world. And I really did. I, I just I couldn't have lived without sharing this it just it was a force that was coming through me so I definitely know that the journey that I ended up on was the journey that I was meant to be on however I want to say that is the same for everybody it's just that it it's so more easily marked maybe with the secret you know because it was a big event but 
with everybody's lives. You know, there may be a mother and she has three children and she does all of these things of bringing up the children and the children grow up to be beautiful human beings. That is exactly what she was meant to do. She is meant to be the beautiful mother, to have that experience, to, to shape those beings, her children. And so I, I, I just know that that's why we're on track in any given moment, even if we're hurting. Um, we're, we're still on track now, but what is our purpose? Like, <laughs> um, and our purpose, I'm absolutely convinced is to find out who we are. And so I think that's our purpose is to realize that we're much more than what we're seeing. Um, and I think that's our ultimate purpose because when we discover that, we're free. When we discover it, I don't mean as a concept or intellectually, I mean when we experience it for ourselves, then we are free and then we find permanent happiness and then we're not afraid of death because we know we don't die, you know, so. Have you had any transcendental or very spiritual moments that showed you a different reality or showed you showed you perhaps source god higher dimension have you ever had any of those moments i have yes i have um i had probably the one that had the biggest impact on me was when i was a child and i was about 10 or 12 years of age and um i was one of four girls at that time and we were very protected by my parents so there wasn't a lot of socializing in those times we were just really the siblings we just played with each other and but I was sent away to a school camp and that was a really big deal for me to be separated from my family I'd never been separated from them before and I was very shy and so uh, we went to this camp and somehow or another I had developed this really really bad what I came to see later on migraine headache and I didn't even I was so shy I didn't even tell the teachers that I was so sick and um and I remember we were in these huts and we all were put to bed and of course the moment you lay down with a migraine headache it's even worse than ever right and I I felt so ill and but still too afraid to tell anybody and so I just walked out of the hut I can't even believe I did this but it was night and I walked out of the hut and down the little steps and it this camp was by the ocean and I stood on this um cliff edge and I said in my 12 12 or 10 year old way if there is a god please take away this headache right now. And not only did the headache dissolve instantly, but the most incredible joy and ecstasy and love swept all through me. And I had tears pouring down my face. And, there, and from that moment on, I always knew that God existed there always and so it wouldn't matter if the whole world said oh no you know no such thing no from my own experience I knew it and my the way I 
the way I, I see that God is very different from the way I saw that God as a 10-year-old. I saw God as something separate from me, right? And, um, you know, that God out there is sort of talking to the sky. And um, But, yeah, so that was a really big experience. But I've had many, many spiritual experiences which like the earlier one that collapsed time and space and where I'm here but then I'm there and wait uh, <laughs> did you tell that story was that the reading one where you got where you read there's the, the yeah there's minutes? the reading one and I've been in some places and then I'm in another place and um, tell me more about that that sounds like fun astral travel yes I was with a teacher and uh and we were 60 miles away from a city and um, and I asked this teacher a question about, you know, dimensions and traveling from one dimension to the next. And um, and he and he he said, close your eyes to all of us in the car. We're traveling on a freeway. We could see the city way in the distance, like 60 or so miles away. So we closed our eyes. And next thing there was this bump. And we opened our eyes and we're in the driveway, uh, driveway in the city, yeah. Do you remember what happened in that time frame or was there? There was no time. <laughs> so was this a shaman? Was this a, sh was this a shaman? No, no, just a teacher. He was a teacher and, um, uh, and yeah, he just, I think, had a really good understanding of time and space and uh, that doesn't really exist and, yeah, so... But I had I was really lucky because we there were five people in the car. One of them was my daughter as well. So, but what was really amazing about that experience for me is that is this is that what it had me see was that nothing is what it appears to be, and when you can have an experience where what you believed is, you know, solid and can't move. And when you have an experience like that, it just, you kind of melt. And then all of the fixed ideas you have begin to collapse. The, the things where you are convinced that, that you're walking into a room. I mean, quantum physics tells us you know, quantum, quantum physics tells us that when we walk out of a room, it doesn't exist anymore. And the room just appears when we observe it. And so, I mean, I used to, I studied quantum physics. And so I used to try and, you know, catch the room coming back into existence, and, right. which, is, which is really hysterical, right? There's a very high probability that it is a virtual reality. It definitely is, and I remember a teacher, Lester Levinson, saying that reality is actually very vaporous, so therefore very malleable. Now, I definitely know when I was researching The Secret that I I didn't do it deliberately, but time just collapsed. It, ju it just collapsed for me. It's just... And I was able to do things in, in kind of no time at all, and, and it's, you can't explain that. You know, that's beyond what we, uh, what we see as reality. But I would just say to people that if, if you, if you look at quantum physics, everything that you think is real isn't real anyway. Yeah. Even the, uh, the doctor who, or the, sorry, the scientist who discovered 
that, and I'm not going to say this in, in exact scientific terms, but basically when he discovered that we're, that nothing's really real, nothing's really matter. It's just energy. It's just like, energy. it's just, it's just energy. It's little, little tornadoes, little, we're just a little mini tornado. We're at this density where we sort of collect into this form. But when he discovered that he got up the next day and put his feet down on the ground and was afraid he'd fall through the floor because uh, he because he knew that that nothing was actually was solid. matter. I solid can actually matter. relate. I can actually understand that. I've not had that experience, but I can totally understand that. Is when you can see that none of it's really there, and I have had realizations of, oh my gosh, everything that we experience of the world is all experienced on the inside. We can actually prove there's an outside. Like I would go through all of these experiments to break down the very concrete structure that the mind has created so that I could open to the possibility of seeing the way things really are. And of course, the way things really are are way more beautiful, is way more beautiful than the way the mind has constructed it. Way more beautiful. What have you um, learned? Have do you? Are you aware of your gifts? Like what you're able to do or see, sort of beyond the beyond the normal. Any of those kinds of things? Because I just get I the see. sense like you have. You know, there's sort of like a a claircognizant nature to you and, you know, where you just know things. Have you, have you ever, have you found those out? Um, do you know, I, I can remember this mentor of mine. Um, I, I could see things, light and all kinds of things and auras. I remember I walked past a person and suddenly they had this aura around them. I was like, wow, this is so cool. And I would see light, like somebody would be talking and, and it was on a really beautiful subject and I would just see all this light come from their hand. And, and so I just thought, oh, this is so cool. And, and so I had a mentor at the time who's, who's, um, Spanish and who's in, in uh, the imperator of uh, an order over uh, an order that helps raise consciousness. And so I was telling him about all of these experiences that I had, like I was super excited to tell him. And he just sat there kind of hmm, like this. No, impressed. And, and, and he said, it's normal. <laughs> it's normal. And it was really amazing about that because I thought it was like supernatural, but he was telling me it's all natural. And so anything, the ability to know things, and I do know things like if, if I, um, like I know, for example, if there was a friend of ours and she was rushed to hospital and she was pregnant and the baby was, um, uh, I think it was she was like 32 weeks and my daughter came to me and said, can you please give her magic dust um, so that she will be okay with the baby? And, and, and I said, and I said, that little girl is going to be just fine. And I said, she's having a girl, right? And my daughter said, they don't know what they're having. And I said, oh, it's a girl. She's going to be fine. And Poppy was born and she was just fine. And I, I just knew that. 
how, how did I know that? I just knew that. But it's the same for everybody. There's nothing special here at all. It is just open your mind. Just open yourself to the possibility that things are different from the way that you think they are and that they are more beautiful, more magnificent, more amazing. Because people can be really afraid, you know, like if they think, oh, I, I don't want to see light. <laughs> Seeing light is gorgeous. It's gorgeous. There's nothing to be afraid of. And that's also the other thing my mentor said to me. There's nothing spiritual that can ever harm you. There is nothing to ever be afraid of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because people are afraid. You know, they're afraid of the dark and... Uh, uh, no, nothing, nothing spiritual can ever, ever harm us. So, um, yeah, so I always, I would just took that into my heart. I would agree. And I would, I, I mean, I've had some weird mystical sort of like scary things that have had. Oh yeah. Yeah. But one <laughs> of them, I mean, I've had the good ones, the sort of transcendental good ones, mm -hmm. but I've also had a few of the bad ones. And I remember one in particular, I was, I was in a hotel and I was asleep and I woke up to, I woke up, I didn't wake up, but I awoke in my dream to like a silhouette of like a little boy. It was like a black see-through sort of smoky image of like a little boy. And yeah. it ran around the room and then it started, jumped on the bed and started jumping on the bed. And then right. I turned over to go to sleep on like turned over away from the facing side to the door. And then it laid down in the bed next to me, staring at me. And the only thing that I knew to do at that point in time, even in my sort of lucid state, was mm. to pray. And so I just asked for this to go, for help, for angels, for all the support. And I fell asleep and I woke up and, you know, I had cried in the night. So like my eyes right. were crusty. And, right. and so... Things can scare you, but nothing can hurt yeah, you. Yeah, nothing can hurt you, no, no, nothing at all. I mean, I can remember my the ceiling of my bedroom, like I would, I would wake up and it would just have all these like hieroglyphics over it, you know, all of these, yeah. I'd be like, wow, look at that, you know, <laughs> all of these like symbols, Egyptian symbols and everything. And that just did not surprise me because, I had I had traced the secret back to the ancient mystery schools. So so the fact that all of this appeared on the ceiling just didn't surprise me at all. And um, I, I just lay there. I was like, wow, this is gorgeous. Have you been to Egypt? I went to Egypt no, earlier this year. Finally, I, haven't. You, I mean, I've been called it? I've been called to Egypt for since I was like probably eighteen or nineteen. I thought the oddball place that I wanted to go, and so this was twenty years ago, where nobody was wanting to go to Egypt twenty years ago, at least not in my reality. Yeah. yeah. And um, I finally ended up going, and it was one of those sort of scenarios. It went all went very quick. I was. Uh, doing a Joe Dispenza. I was with Joe Dispenza in Santa Barbara oh, and it was just like a one day little event. And there was about 20 of us and there was a manifestation um, uh, technique showed where we write down a letter representing what we wanted to manifest and then reasons why, and then elevated emotions and connecting with it. And so at dinner that night, uh, a girl turned over and she goes, I heard you're interested in Egypt. And I said, what? 
I was like shocked. I was like, do you know what I wrote down? <laughs> and she said, no. She goes, but the girl next to me said, you guys were talking about Egypt earlier. She goes, there's a trip in February if you want to go. And so that like all came down awesome. within like two hours after manifesting it. And, and the funny thing was, is I really released the timeline on manifesting it. And I thought, I'll, I'll, I'll focus on this for, for the next couple of years if it takes to manifest the right trip. And it came about. And so we ended up going in February and it was so beautiful. And it was just, Aww. you know, you really under, you really get the perspective. The main perspective was that we don't get it. Like we don't see it all. We don't know it all. We have no idea how anything was done. We're talking exactly. about what's written on the walls. We don't even know how they made the walls. Like how they are so perfect. How did how did they do that? We don't know. And so there's just, there is a lot of mystery. And so, you know, in you talking about the mystery schools, you know, I'm not well versed in that, but there's like Isis's mystery school, Hathor's mystery school, right? There's right. there's all the different. They had, they had, they were masters of the mind. I mean, they could manifest incredibly. Um, they were absolute masters. What did you so, learn about them? What was it about the mystery schools that you learned when you traced it all the well, way back to them? all of the teachings, like uh, the fact that we create our reality and the and the, the that the mind is projecting absolutely everything, and so the mind is creating everything, and so that was really the biggest thing. I mean, basically, it's the all the principles of the secret. I mean, it, it's just the law of the mind, and it, and it's the way that everything works, and subconscious mind and the conscious mind and and thought and and so all of all of those things which came from the mystery schools there was an order where I it's called the Rose Cross order in Europe and I landed upon that order when I was going back in time and that order took me to all of these incredible people like Francis Bacon and all of these, Victor Hugo and all of these men who knew all of this. Yeah. And Isaac Newton, who was a part of this secret order. And the reason it was secret was because you were, you were executed if you tried to empower people then. And so they worked, they worked in secret, but all of their teachings came from the ancient mystery schools. And so, I studied these teachings of the Rose Cross Order. Um, I've done like something like 22 degrees. So I've studied those over the, over the years since the secret. And, um, and you know, it's, it's incredible because you learn all about, oh, just everything. Um, all about the physicality, the cycles, the karma, the law of karma and all of the things that you learn. Um, I saw that you had the um, the book by the three initiates, the Kabbalion. And so you learn all of those things, the law of vibration, the law of gender and all of those kinds of things. And, and so I learned all of those things and then many spiritual things and learn uh, one of the spiritual things I learned was how to pop clouds. And you think, well, why do you need to pop clouds? Well, because it shows you the power of the mind and the focus of the mind. And so that's in a degree, like years into a degree. I think that was like the, uh, something like the 11th degree. And I thought, wow, can I do this? But you know, you've taken all of the steps to the, to that path. And it's just understanding that everything is consciousness and, and that cloud is not all that way away from me. And so I, I it, it, 
we were taught to like put ourselves in the middle of the cloud and blow it away. And so I would project myself into the middle of the cloud and I would feel the cold of the cloud all around me. And then I would just blow it away. And I would like open my eyes and I would see, oh, like a whole lot of the cloud is gone. I'd close my eyes again and I'd just blow again and the cloud is completely gone. And so they did that so that you can understand the power of the mind, that all of this is the mind and we have the power to be able to do things like that. That's, so, I mean, the three initiates, the, the whole thing is that all is the mind. All, all is, is the, the mind. mind. Yeah. yeah, all is, um, yeah. So how many degrees are there? 33. Is this Mason masonry? It's not it's not the Freemasons, no. It's uh no, it's completely different from the Freemasons, yeah. So it's like nobody's ever heard of this order. It's re well no not so much yeah, not so much in the United States. I think more in in Europe. Um because the order has it has uh well at the moment, you know, it's in the Canary Islands, so um, but the teachings are translated and, you know, and you get, uh, you get pamphlets and you learn everything about the world, the duality of the world, the mind, um, karma, the body. You come to understand that the body is a perfect mirror of the solar system and each organ is reflected in the solar system and, and, that uh, as within, so without, as above, so below. And so it, all of those things, you're just learning and seeing those things and it's just all revealed to you very precisely and exactly, um, yeah, it, it, it very exact. And these teachings have been passed on through hundreds of years um, and preserved uh, for people, you know, who are ready for, you know, to learn about that kind of thing. You learn all about vibration and sounds and om and, you know, the, the, what, what you can even do with, with the sound, you know, how, how you can use that. Um, I don't do any of those things anymore. Um, I, I, I did. I loved it all. The ums, the ras, the mars. The <laughs> I loved all. Loved doing all of those things and understanding. Like they tell you the lost word and all of these incredible things. But um, and I don't. I mean, I have all of that. I guess so. I've I've absorbed all of that and uh, and it's it's all fantastic. And with without a doubt, it has helped me on my journey. But I don't, I'm not kind of seeking out that kind of thing anymore because I feel that I've just found all that I needed to find. Well, what I what I keep hearing is in, in all of these stories that I'm so grateful you're sharing, they're so interesting, is that you have proven over and over and over in different ways how powerful the mind is and that that might be kind of what I'm feeling for even myself or maybe someone else might need to hear is like, just try things, just see what you can do. And so since you've proven to yourself through these modalities and these techniques and these skills uh, and these ancient tradi traditions mm -hmm. that, that you have this power, so it's not a matter of having to practice it, you use it when you need it. That's true. That's absolutely true. And my life is so... Um smooth 
that uh, and also is so smooth, but also I'm so allowing of everything. <laughs> now I'm just like so if something happens that normally I would think oh I don't want that or I want to change that I don't want to change it I just know that everything is unfolding perfectly and so if something occurs that is maybe not what I want then I just I just really release that I release that feeling that I don't want it and uh and then it changes that's the thing the only reason something stays the same is because of our resistance Yes, Grasping. exactly, exactly that. <laughs> I'm so good at the death grip too. I practiced it for 27 years. Fundamentally then, in all of this learning, all of this exposure to these traditions and these, in history, why is it hidden? Look, I used to ask that question all the time of the imperator. Um, uh, I would say to him, that, you know, all of these secrets, they should be released into the world people should know these things and he would he would say to me you know people aren't ready and um they're not ready to hear these things and and he said anybody who's ready will be led to these things so in other words when the student is ready the teacher will appear and right and you've just got to be sort of on that frequency and um and so i i remember that i used to think uh, um, the imperator, he would have, ma you know, masters appear and I'd be like, oh, I want a master to appear. I want a master to appear. And um, and so and he would say to me, there's only one master. Yes, yes, and the master is within you. There's only one and the master is within you. And And so, and now I see that. I see all of the things that he used to say to me and that all of them made um, – There were some of them were frustrating at the time. I was I would just going to say that. I was going to – isn't it always frustratingly simple, the advice? Yeah, and you're like, yeah. that, that, that's not helping right now. <laughs> that's, that's right. And there are things that I discovered like, I don't know, 10 years later, and I would say to him, I've just had this realization, <laughs> and I would explain it. And he would say, yes, you are correct. And I was like – why would have helped me a lot if you told me that 10 years ago, you know, but he, I wouldn't have been able to hear it. You know, you, you just, you can only, you can only like consciousness is expanding and, and, and so you can only hear what you're ready to hear. But I want to say to everybody, there is so much for you to hear. There's so much for you to see and just to just like keep opening yourself to the possibility that there is nothing is the way that it appears to be. On the heels of the original inspiration and story about the insatiable drive to learn and absorb after reading that book, which I'm so glad I heard the story about your daughter giving you the book because I wondered when I rewatched The Secret the other night because I was like, I should buff up and rewatch The Secret <laughs> and how this, the, the post-it on the book said, um, Mama, I, you need this? What was it? Mama, this I think will this help. will help. Mama, Mama this, this will, will help. help. Mm. And so and I'm glad I heard the story. But what is it now? And I'm exaggerating in my words, but I'm using it as an analogy. What keeps you up at night now? Just being. 
just being. That is like, and it's such a dud answer because it's not very exciting, you know. <laughs> so it's kind of no mind, you know, just letting the mind and just being. And what one thing that I found was the secret was so extraordinary in helping me use the mind for what it's meant to be used for, which is to create what we want. And so my thoughts became positive and I really became very aware of negative thoughts and I wouldn't allow them to roost on me. So my life really became incredible in every area of my life because all of my thoughts were really positive and I would pick people up when they would say something. I'd be like, don't say that, you know, don't say that. <laughs> Change what you're saying, you know, cancel that out, say something else, say what you want, not what you don't want. Um, and so, and so my life was really, really incredible. The difference now is so that, so the secret helped me so much because it helped me master the mind in that way. And now the mind does not have control. It doesn't have control. And so now I have exist with this beautiful happiness. And just use the mind when I need the mind, like to talk to you today and, um, and just use the mind when it's necessary. But the mind is not nearly as strong, doesn't have the strength to kind of rise up and take over and take me down a rabbit hole with some story it's created and then have me buy into that story and believe it and then have me suffer because of that story. <laughs> it doesn't have that kind of power over me anymore and it was just a progression first of all the secret and then becoming so aware of your thoughts you know just becoming aware and aware of how you're feeling because feelings and thoughts are both the mind mm. is that um is that what by the way i got the greatest secret and this uh, book it, it, it's heavy like really heavy is it the gold? I'm wondering if it's actually real gold because it's so heavy, but is that is that the greatest secret to, to release the mind that there is no Absolutely. mind? Absolutely. It is. That shows you the way. It is heavy, and I think it's the paper. And, it's uh, beautiful. It's a beautiful book. And, and it's thick too. Um, uh, yeah, to release the mind, it's really to – it's, it continues on from the secret because the secret shows you how to use the mind for what you want in your life. What the greater secret does is shows you how to release the mind so it can't beat us up, torture us, you know, sabotage our life and create negativity and, you know, with negative thoughts, negative feelings, torture us with negative feelings. Uh, you know, getting angry over things and all of that and 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 keep creating all these circumstances out in the world that are triggers <laughs> so that the emotions are rising. So it's to be free of all of the suffering. And um, so, yeah, that's really what, what it is. And when you remove all of those, those things of the mind, then what is left is the most exquisite happiness that is unshakable, will not move, even in an urgent situation, you know, if an urgent situation arises, that happiness is there. But if an urgent situation arises, you know, you will be led to do exactly the right thing.
you will be guided to do exactly the right thing, whereas the mind will be, what will I do? What will I? You know, the, instead you will, you are just kind of being placed everywhere perfectly in life, way better than you could ever do yourself. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Well, (laughs) thank you so much for your, you know, 15 years of guiding us and and exposing the secret and giving us all tools to happiness and having the things that we really want in life and recognizing at the end of the day our true innate power. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was just a delight to talk to you. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Pretty Intense podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard today and you want to hear more, please click on the subscribe button.